Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The New York Post headline is, it's in and it's big. I don't like that uh, as a headline, but it's in and it's big. It's not necessary. Senators produce a $1 trillion infrastructure bill. They worked over the weekend and uh, in a special session. And late yesterday, on a Sunday, it passed the initial voting, and nobody really understands all the voting that goes on in the Senate, but anyway, it passed the initial voting, and the 2,700-page, $550 billion in new spending, that's in addition to all the spending that was already going to be spent, another half a trillion in new spending uh, got voted on and passed. Yeah, good. Roads, bridges, waterworks, broadband, electric grid, charging stations for electric cars, you name it. $66 billion for rail. Okay. Is it going to be... Choo-choo trains! Is it going to be as stupid as the bullet train in California? You got $39 billion for public transit. Is it going to be a whole bunch of stupid public transit that people don't use? Doubling down on things that already are uh, lowly used? Probably. Sure, light rail, et cetera, which for some reason is the darling of the environmentalist. Mm-hmm. But that's $66 billion for rail. I mean, what? that's just got to be like more subsidies for Amtrak or something? Because I'm thinking about that. A lot of it Cal- is Amtrak. A lot of it is Amtrak, yeah. Okay, yeah, repairs for rail. Because the Cal Unicornia Bullspit train, which will never run, by the way. I mean, they're going to spend $66 billion for a, a tenth of it. And it won't be done for many, many years. I mean, the the total thing would be well over $200 billion just to go from L.A. to to San Francisco. So $66 billion is a pretty drop-in-the-buckety amount of money if you're talking about, like, expanding rail lines or anything. must just be subsidies and stuff. Well, everybody I like seems to be in an agreement that we have ignored roads, bridges, and uh, train tracks and that sort of stuff, buildings for way too long, and that this Mm -hmm. is something that needs to be done. I just, you know, I just am... uh beyond skeptical that it's spent well yeah yeah i would agree i mean in general i think this is fine although again if we were to eliminate redundancy and things the federal government shouldn't be involved in at all there would be so much money for infrastructure you'd be you know you'd have bridges connecting other bridges to the third bridges and then you know anywhere you want it but of course nothing's ever cut no, exactly. So it's hard not to be a little cynical. Yeah, so that's that's why I emphasize the fact that it's $550 billion in new spending on top of a tremendous amount of money that was going to get spent already. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell voted yes in the procedural vote to greenlight the process in the Senate, where 60 votes are needed to overcome a filibuster and push forward the legislation. So they got 17 Republican senators that joined Democrats last week in allowing that to happen. Uh, including a lot of you know big names like Lindsey Graham and those others that uh, that that were pro moving this forward. So maybe they'll get into the details and start to hash out more. But I have no idea. You know, Mike Lee was not happy with this particular aspect of it. Mike Lee, the fiscal conservative, he's like the last one from Utah. But uh, paying for the package has been a challenge. They they were thinking about new gas taxes or other income streams, but instead it's financed from funding sources like repurposing some $205 billion in untapped COVID-19 relief aid, as well as unemployment assistance that was turned back by some states and relying on projected future economic growth, which is always fishy because they'll spend that growth uh, 10 times over. But I kind of do like the idea of, all right, you remember all that COVID money we said we were going to spend? We'll some of it's just sitting there, so yep. why don't we use that? Mm-hmm. 
It's better than, you know, additional, additional spending. It's not great, but... When this I'm kind of used to not getting good, so good is fine. When this, I'm not holding out for great. When this much money is getting thrown around, thrown around though, the the uh, um, and this is the lead up, setting the stage for the debate over Biden's three point five trillion dollar package. That is more ah, the, yes. what they're calling the human infrastructure, and that's got all kinds of stuff for babysitters and anything you can imagine. That's that's going to be the big, big, big fight. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen unless it happens through reconciliation, which is something few people understand, and those who do are pretty offended by the fact that it's used since Congress is supposed to come together and pass laws and not just pretend they're budget tweaks. But, yeah, that $3.5 trillion package, I think, is mostly aspirational so the Democrats can portray themselves as, we wanted to give you all sorts of money, trillions of dollars, free babysitting. Free everything, and the Republicans made us stop. We're so sorry. Now vote for us. I uh, got a couple of amazing things that are happening around COVID and masking and mandates and all that sort of stuff that we'll get to next segment as there's been a, a turn in that whole damn story. Trying to figure out what's going on, man. It was a crazy week of conflicting statements from doctors and administrators and uh, all that, but we'll try to iron that out for you a little bit next segment. Uh, the ongoing spike in gun and ammo sales continues as the July numbers have come in. A lot of people buying guns and ammo, including first-time buyers. It is uh, hard to buy ammunition because it doesn't exist. Now, it's hard to buy in California because they've made it. You, were, you weren't here, Joe, but I tried to buy a box of ammunition. Um, I've got this piece of paper with all of this information on here that I have to come up with and how it will take. Uh, well, the preliminary paperwork would be... 24 hours to 10 days to get that back. And then once I get that in, along with the $93 fee for applying for the right to buy bullets for my gun, um, and then another $25 for the other paperwork, it could be anywhere, they told me, from three days to six months before I get the official paperwork back to actually buy one box of ammunition, which like two years ago you could have just walked into the store and said, I'll take two of those, even in California. Right. And rest so to buy a box of bullets to go to the range could cost you three figures and six months. Yeah, and the time, well, at least for me anyway, the time is the bigger problem, you know. Um, that's just ridiculous. If, if there's, if there, you know, if there are rioting, rioting going on again like we had uh, last summer or summer before last, if there's rioting going on, I'd like to be able to go buy a box of bullets and not have to wait six months before I can pull that off. As Tim Sandifer said, that's absolutely a violation of your Second Amendment rights. And it's one of the death by a thousand cuts things where they're just they, they haven't been able to get anywhere with various weapons bans or taking away your guns or anything like that. So they make it freaking impossible. And they're hoping that you'll just give up on the idea of buying ammunition. And I have it. I am going to wait till I'm in another state and I'll buy I'll buy ammunition there and bring it into California. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not yeah, going to go. Yeah, I'm clearly. not going to figure out all this sto- all this stuff, all this paperwork and wait six months to do it. It's ridiculous. Well, I heard that conversation with Tim Sandifer and also his shocking opinion on the Olympics. He hates the Olympics, and he explains why in the podcast. That's at armstrongandgetty.com. I believe that was Wednesday's podcast, wasn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah. 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 No, Thursday. Thursday was uh, Tim Sandifer. Um, 
Uh, by the way, back to the guns thing. So after uh, the numbers are in for July, 39% of U.S. households now own a gun. That's up from 32% in 2016, and it's been growing over the years. Um, 39% of households have guns. I don't know if you... I'm telling you. I'm just, I was just going to say the, the, the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, between their legalizing crime and the fact that it's hit hardest in the inner cities and in poor areas, uh, more uh, uh, black and brown neighborhoods, you combine that with the whole bizarro intersectional woke thing, which is so off-putting to a lot of Hispanic and black America, it's like the Democratic Party is intentionally running off their voter base. It's interesting to watch. Parents, are you wearing masks in your home around your kids? You're supposed to, <laughs> according to the Surgeon General. He said that on Friday. That he uh, he recommends that parents, vaccinated parents, should wear masks at home around their kids. Some of the conflicting and bizarre information that came out of the administration last week. We'll try to iron some of that out for you in just a, a little bit. Um, I think they've settled on a narrative. It's still stupid to my mind, but uh, we can hit you with some of that. Uh, our text Surgeon line, General ought to be wearing a clown mask, huh? A clown, huh? clown. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The CDC put out new mask guidelines now, which is, you know, it's all just so confusing. Indoors, outdoors, vaccinated, vaccinated, masked, not masked. The Walmart shoppers don't know who to punch anymore. Hey, now. And by the way, wash the mask. I see people with very filthy masks out there. I don't want to get the Delta variant. Your mask grew the Delta variant. <laughs> so an interesting follow on Twitter is this guy, Ben Wakana, who you probably haven't heard of, but he's... The COVID-19 White House Director of Strategic Communications and Engagement. He's the guy that's supposed to be making all the statements and everything like that. And he really got angry at the Washington Post and the New York Times over the weekend. I guess it was Friday. All The things changed a lot in the last week on uh, some of the messaging and everything like that. And I think part of it is this guy jumping on the Washington Post and the New York Times. He was really unhappy with the way they were exaggerating how likely it is you catch this disease even though you've been vaccinated. It was really pissing him off. It seemed pretty obvious. Like, he tweeted out in all caps two days ago, vaccinated people do not transmit the virus at the same rate as unvaccinated people. And if you fail to include that context, you're doing it wrong, he said in all caps. Here, here. And linking a New York Times headline. Now, Dr. Fauci went out of his way yesterday on one of the talk shows to make it sound like you care. He said specifically, you carry the same amount of COVID in your nose as a vaccinated person as a non-vaccinated person. Dr. Gottlieb later in Face the Nation in the same program said, but that's not the way it spreads. It doesn't spread out of your nose. You breathe it into your body. It does its thing in your body, and then you exhale the droplets, and it's way, way, way less powerful 
coming out of a vaccinated person than it is coming out of an unvaccinated person. So Dr. Fauci, and I think Dr. Fauci knows that, he's going out of his way to try to, to sensationalize this. Because he's a, he, he doesn't trust us. He is a, uh, you know, need to exaggerate things or cover things up to try to lead. Well, he even said so, remember? Uh, months ago, he said, little white lies to, to try to make the messaging more easy to understand. He, he is a, he's a James Comey-type character. He feels like he can lead us the right way because we're just the stupid masses. And so he exaggerates things. Yeah, I watched uh, Brett Baer's conversation Friday with uh, Rochelle Walensky, the head gal from the CDC, and... You know, it's funny, Brett kept commenting, this is all very complicated and hard for people to understand. And I was sitting there thinking, it's only complicated and hard to understand because everybody's so unwilling to just lay out the simple truth. I don't get it. Sometimes I think these people know too much to communicate simply. Um, that it just, their heads are so clouded with so much data and so much information, they can't just summarize it for people. And so the messaging does turn out to be confusing and kind of mealy-mouthed and wishy-washy when it doesn't need to be. Well, and a lot of the confusion becomes comes because they do not give denominators in any of these things. They'll tell you about how many people got it, but they don't tell you out of how many. Anyway, sure. there's a Washington Post headline about vaccinated people getting infected. And Ben Wakana, who, again, is the White House's person, tweeted out completely irresponsible and, and then goes through the numbers on uh, on how likely it is that you get this. He said, let's be clear. If 10 vaccinated people walk into a room full of covid, nine of them would walk out of the room with no covid. Nine of them. He's just angry that the media is handling it the way they are. Um, hit you some more of his numbers, his own numbers. Less than point zero zero one percent of those fully vaccinated have experienced a fatal breakthrough case. Less than 0.004% of those fully vaccinated have had to be hospitalized. In other words, the vaccines work. So the the White House is angry at the lefty media. So I think the lefty media, that was two days ago. I think the lefty media has since then kind of pivoted to try to get more in line with the White House because that's what the lefty media does. They, sure. kind of, they see themselves as a mouthpiece for the White House. CNN, oops, I don't want to actually hear you speaking, Jake Tapper. Let me pause that. Uh, Jake Tapper uh, had the cry on yesterday, vaccination rates rising. Uh, no, no, that's not the headline I want. Sorry. Here we go. Uh, uh, CDC, everyone should mask up. In, no, that's not the right headline either. Where's the right headline? I apologize. Has anybody seen the headline? Uh, I don't Let know. me hit you with one more statistic while you're looking for oh, that. The CDC, they, their headline on CNN was, number of COVID deaths in vaccinated people almost zero. That was their headline yesterday. Yeah. Number of COVID deaths among vaccinated people, almost zero. And that is completely accurate. That is less than one one thousandth of a percent. The the, the, the classic statement about statistics there, you know, it's one of the lies. There are lies, damned lies and statistics. You can talk about this many people got it. It is more. It's more true. In reality, to say what CNN said there after I'm getting I'm guessing being beaten up by the White House over and over again, uh, for them to say near zero percentage of people die who've been vaccinated of this thing. It's so close to zero, you can call it zero. And it's just, it's less than one one hundredth of a percent that even have a breakthrough case. The vast majority of those, of course, will be extremely mild. So it's interesting. You mentioned CNN a couple of times. I came across... Um, 
uh, a piece over the weekend about 99.999% of fully vaccinated Americans have not had a deadly COVID-19 breakthrough case, CDC da- data shows. I wonder, and this is more an inside media thing than a COVID thing, but CNN has made COVID their disappeared Malaysian airliner. I mean, they hammer the hell out of it every single day. They're obsessive about it. They're constantly trying to scare the crap out of you. But I've Stop noticed the hammering. I've noticed a, a shift in emphasis over the last couple of days on cnn they seem now to be the great realists the great optimists i wonder if that's going to continue or if they're just trying to present that along with the terrifying you to death by the way um a last segment we were talking about uh, guns and ammo sales through the ceiling can't find ammo anywhere in the country and how they've made it so difficult in california to buy ammo uh with the new laws and these are all pretty new like in just the last couple of years because I said to the the woman at Big Five Sporting Goods, I said, you realize in other states you can just walk in and buy and say, I'll take two of those and pay for them and walk out. And she said, it used to be that way here two years ago. Mm-hmm. Instead, it took her a good seven to ten minutes to explain to me all the things that I would need to do, all the paperwork and fees that I would need to pay to buy one box of ammo. I said, I'll buy it in another state and bring it in. We got a gazillion texts on that. You can't bring ammo into the state anymore. They made that illegal in California. Check the new laws. Yeah, and I've heard stories about, like, in uh, Reno or, or some of the cities close to the California border where the uh, the coppers set up and they look for California plates and then they they uh, radio the CHP and, and tell them you got a probable ammunition buyer coming back. How's wow. your utopia coming along? Wow. How's that? Well, that does not square with the Second Amendment at all. That nope. will get challenged. Challenged and overturned, and they know that, but they don't care. They slowed you down, and that's their goal. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How was your weekend? Hope it was okay. Your weekend was was fun. It was traveling, a lot of driving and flying and stuff like that. But what are you going to do? Oh, this is exciting. Coming up in just a few minutes, it's the first in weeks, a Gavi Award for hypocrisy during the COVID epidemic. That's just complete, utter nonsense. Pandemic. Fantastic. Garbage. Oh, you know that big old shot putting gal who uh, was protesting and, and. Turning her back and stuff. Raven Saunders. She made an X gesture during the shot put medals ceremony. But the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, the USOPC, said Monday that it was respectful of her competitors, did not violate our rules. It's okay. She's not in trouble. What's an X gesture? She uh, stepped off the podium and made like a. She crossed her arms to make an X. Which means. Uh, well, it, it's like an intersectional thing. It's the intersection where all people who are oppressed meet. So she's kind of into the intersectionality stuff. All right. Um, what's funny, though, well, she said a couple of things. Uh, try and take this medal. Let him try. I'm running across the border, even though I can't swim, she wrote. <laughs> so she's going to run in the Pacific to hold on to her medal, which I found so goofy as to be almost a little bit endearing. And then she, she sounds off about the intersectional thing. She's openly gay. She got the rainbow hair. She got the piercings. And uh, in a wide-ranging <laughs> conversation, 
They asked her all sorts of stuff and what she's trying to do. How She said, to be me, to not apologize, to show younger people that no matter how many boxes they try to fit you in, you can be you and you can accept it. How many now, boxes but, they try to fit you in? Oh, but geez. that's, that's the opposite. People, that, that's what you, intersectionality is. They you, put you in a bunch of boxes and tell you that's who you are and that's who you have to be. you making the X. That's what the X people are saying. That's a pretty good point right there. That's well, a pretty good point. That, 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 so I just I think this gal she's real good at heaving rocks. Okay, <laughs> throwing heavy things is her, is her expertise. She's devoted her life to it. She's good at it. She's kind of goofy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. I, I'm I'm sorry. I should be angry at her. I can't be. I just can't work it up. Yeah. No. I'm, uh, so then you got the uh, the first openly transgender woman in the Olympics, the weightlifter, and we mentioned earlier. Spoiler alert. She didn't qualify. She's not going to make it to the medal round, so she's done. It's Laurel Hubbard, 43-year-old weightlifter from New Zealand. I was reading the article in the New York Times from yesterday because they were all excited that the competition was coming up today (laughs) uh, with the first transgender, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And some of the uh, paragraphs in here I just thought were really interesting. Athletes, advocates for women's sports and fair sport campaigners have questioned whether Hubbard, who competed in men's competitions before quitting more than a decade ago, has an unfair advantage. Others believe the game's binary categories fail to account for a diverse group of athletes. What the hell does that mean? Um, uh, 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 the actual weightlifter herself never spoke to the media. She wasn't like, she wasn't trying to be, well, she said, as a matter of fact, she didn't want to be the flag bearer for transgender issues. She just right. wanted to compete. So she, she wasn't going out of her way to make this a big deal. But obviously, it is a fairly big deal because if it becomes a, a common thing, things are going to get complicated really fast. Um, I want to find you some more quotes from this New York Times article because I just thought they were interesting. This moment is incredibly significant for the trans community, for our representation in sport and for all trans people and non-binary kids to see themselves and know that sport is a place for them said Chris Mosier, a race walker in 2020, who became the first openly transgender man to compete. Um, what does all that language mean? That doesn't solve any of the issues of if this person has all the benefits and the musculature and the frame and the strength of a dude, but it now comp- that you haven't answered any of those questions. No, it's greeting card rhetoric. It's it's meaningless, and it is completely different switching to become a dude than from a dude. Of course. Of course. Um, the scientific debate over whether transgender female athletes have any physical advantage is far from settled. No, it's not. It's <laughs> settled. It's completely settled. There's no disputing it at all. Yeah. Militaries have been looking at this hard, and they've figured it out because they have to. It's life and death. You retain the advantages of your maleness for years after hormone therapy. Years. It's a front to many people that she's simply participating, said one of the activists. It's clear she's going to do well. After all, she's made it to the Olympics, but she's not going to dominate the sport. Um, Yeah, but if she'd made her transition 20 years ago, she would have. That's meaningless. Right. It's because she's 43. It's, it's It's got nothing to do with the trans thing. Like you said earlier, this settles absolutely nothing. Um, to me, the answer would be there's never been a single woman that could play in the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball. Not one. 
that even makes a team and can sit down at the end of the bench. Not right. one. Boy, that you're right. That's an incredibly powerful argument. Of the best female athletes in the world, not one can make the top 350 NBA players and sit down at the end of the bench. Because men just have that much of an advantage in speed and strength and everything else. Yeah, yeah. The, so some of that greeting card rhetoric you were reading, it just it's utterly lacking in logic. And I don't think it's a coincidence that one of the big tenets in the intersectional uh, critical race theory thing is that logic is white supremacy. Data is white supremacy. Being rational is white supremacy. Well, they, they're attacking rationality because they know if you look at what they're saying rationally, it's gobbledygook. That's not a coincidence that they hold those two beliefs. How do you think they're going to eventually settle this? Because the time will come where you have a 25-year-old weightlifter or sprinter or whatever who does win a medal. What do you, th- do we, if, what do you think they'll do? Just think, well, okay, that's fine. You will have a massive boycott by female athletes. I think there will be a worldwide movement against it by women. Hmm. It's the only way to save women's sports, I think. Um, and when this moment of, of uber wokeness is passed, it's like, the, the, you know, our, our, uh, our colleague Grant Napier, who is fired as the voice of the Sacramento Kings because he got sucked into a Twitter exchange on like the precisely wrong day. And three weeks later, he would have been fine. But this this is kind of a moment for the transgender thing. And once the passion passes and people are uh, are available or I'm sorry, able to uh, discuss it with some, you know, detachment, some logic, some compassionate uh, reasonableness, I think they'll come to a conclusion that guys who big, thick dudes who decide they're women do not get to compete as women in especially in the power sports, which are most of them, honestly. Couple of more quick Olympic notes we have to hit you with, and also uh, some details coming out about Barack Obama's upcoming massive 60th birthday party. So I'll hit you with that in just a little bit. We need to tell you about Simply Safe. If uh, you're, um, if people are going out and buying guns and ammo, it's because they don't feel safe. And another way to feel safe is a good home security system. How about the best home security system you can get? Simply Safe. And not just from crime. I mean, safe from a fire, burglary, medical emergency. Simply safe, great technology and great people who are with you every step of the way. It's simple to set up. It's simple to use. It's less expensive, but it's a better system. Definitely worth checking out. Simply safe. Yeah, the fact that you just click around for a couple of minutes on the website and order it to your home and it comes to your home and you set it up yourself in 30 minutes. I mean, that's how soon you could have the best security out there. It's just a, go to fantastic. Sim- go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Customize your system. Get a free security camera. You can get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Get that free security camera. One more time, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So thank God our U.S. women's soccer team lost. I'm very happy about that. They lost to Canada, which is pretty embarrassing. one nothing. And that's after having gone 0-0 against... Who did they go 0-0 against the other day? You probably know that, don't you? Uh, I don't remember that. Who was it? It was the Netherlands. So they were 0-0 against the Netherlands, and that was called a draw. Then they didn't score a goal against Canada at all, having gotten just hammered by Sweden in the first game, and so they're done now. And uh, since they were doing the whole... 
kneeling during the national anthem and thing. I'm, I'm happy that they didn't make it onto the medal stand, but it is really quite amazing. They'd won 44 straight matches, beaten everybody for years. The, everybody considered them pretty much a lock to win the gold medal. They didn't do well at all. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, Simone Biles is going to compete. Finally, she had decided not to do any of the events that she has dominated for years, and there was some speculation that she just might not compete at all in this Olympics, but she is going to compete in the balance beam. So one more shot at a a medal there. I wonder if that's because there's not as much twisting and whirling on the balance beam. Certainly could be. It's more end-over-endy stuff. I would just walk to the end slowly. Turn around carefully and walk back. With your hands, like, way out, wobbling back and forth. (laughs) And then I I don't know how high they are. I think I could just jump down and land on my feet, couldn't I? Just jump off and land on my feet. He has stuck the dismount. Oh, a little wobble there, Jim. He's (laughs) clutching his knee. (laughs) It's odd that he had a wobble since all he did was just kind of jump off. (laughs) Feet first. (laughs) Be very graceful. Would you do it in your work boots, your cowboy boots? (laughs) Exactly. Very Um, nice. So Barack Obama turns 60 here soon. He's hosting a massive birthday party for himself at uh, Obama. his $12 million Martha's Vineyard home. Ah, public, ah. public service. He's been in public service his whole life. Oh. I wrote those books. Yeah. He mm. lives in a $12 million home on Martha's Vineyard. That's something. 475 confirmed guests including celebrities and stars. Pearl Jam is set to play, among other big acts. So it's going to be a very, you got to be somebody. This would definitely, this is definitely becoming a, if you're not going to be there, it's going to hurt your look for a yes. certain crowd. I mean, if yes. you're going to have five, nearly 500 people there, you got to find a way into that thing if you're, a, you know, of a certain class. But will they be masked, Jack? And speaking of which, we have another Gavi Award to give out. Isn't that exciting? Oh, cool. Yeah. We doing that coming up? And we're doing that coming up. Awesome. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. So I mentioned earlier we got new hats, armstrongandgetty.com, the new camo hats, but we we're just checking out one of the new shirts. And every every brand, any or if you're with an organization, you know how this works now, right? You go to a website and you can get your organization on it. Well, these they uh, they all are different now, and uh, they're different sizes. So like a large is and a large is and a large. They don't right, it's, it's size thing. inflation. That extra large is like Omar the tent maker big. You can put a horse in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the horse can say, oh, I must be I must be doing okay because I'm only an extra large. <laughs> Clearly that shirt is enormous. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> and that's not it's not helping either. Oh, no, uh... no, what's the point of that? So I, I bought a shirt the other day that I had to get in a medium. A medium. Because the size inflation were so giant on these. And I'm six foot one, you know, 190 pounds. I shouldn't be wearing a medium, probably, but they, they want me to feel better about myself, I guess. Do they think that makes me feel better? Well, and then you go and you, you think, oh, okay, all right, so everything's huge now. And then I'll go and buy a large, and then it's too tight. Right, yeah, exactly. Because some that <laughs> company, oh, yeah, we're true to size. All right, good for Can't you. Can't get it over your head. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're like a little kid. Ah, I'm stuck. I had to change clothes four times before I decided what I was wearing to the Gavi Award. <laughs> Welcome to the Kodak Theater in downtown Los Angeles. We're not at the Kodak Theater. For another Gavi Award. The award for governmental hypocrisy during the time of COVID. Uh, we're all and this is We all fall short sometimes. That's right. I'm sorry, Mr. Early Dinner. I, I forgot you are part of the introduction. I'm, I'm actually holding the Gavi Awards. We have a couple of their statuettes that uh, people made for us. It's Gavin Newsom, one with a king's crown, and then another one just a bust of him. They kind of look like Oscars. But anyway. And they, the, the, plate, the plate says the same thing, right? Both of them? We're all human. We all fall short sometimes. That's right. That's what it says on the bottom. And it's basically the idea that he uh, said everybody's got to wear a mask and shut down restaurants. Except then he went to the most expensive restaurant in the world without a mask because the rules don't apply to him. Well, Jack, not to be outdone, and this is such a special re-recognition of one of our Gavi legends. Not 24 hours into the indoor mask mandate she imposed on Washington, D.C., Mayor Muriel Bowser officiated an indoor wedding and stayed to party with hundreds of fellow maskless guests. Not even 24 hours into the mask mandate. But it gets even better. When encountered by the Washington Examiner, Mayor Bowser confirmed that she officiated the maskless indoor wedding. But when asked why she was violating her own mask mandate, her security retinue quickly pushed the media back and escorted her away. Not long after that, the mayor's office said if Mayor Bowser was photographed indoors without a mask, it was taken during the indoor dinner when she was eating or drinking. But as uh, Tiana Lowe of the Washington Examiner points out, this is not true. Mayor Bowser can't possibly be so naive that she thought I didn't keep extra video footage as backup to prove she wasn't actively eating and drinking. Uh, it'll air exclusively tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, she spent the entire time unmasked. Less than a day into her own mandate. Because she's vaccinated, and she realizes that there's very, very little chance she gets the COVID. And even if she does, there's very, very little chance she's going to get sick from it. And even if she got sick, there's very, very little chance she'd die from it. So she's not worried about it. That's why she's not wearing a mask. And yet she issued the mandate and then ignored it to earning herself another well-deserved Gavi Award, Muriel Bowser. Congratulations, Madam Mayor. So I don't know how Barack Obama is going to handle his 60th birthday hey, party. The stinger's still going. <laughs> you know nothing about show business. <laughs> Barack Obama's 60th birthday party this weekend, in which he's going to have 475 confirmed guests. Yes. That, to me, is like being sentenced to hell. Um, to have 475 people that I think you would be expected to say hello, at least hello to every single one of them, wouldn't you? I don't want to do that. You'd have to try your damnedest, yeah. I don't want to do that. Anyway, they all have to be vaccinated and tested if they want to attend. There are going to be 200 staff members present at the party. What kind of party do you have where you need 200 staff? Wow, that's like one staffer for every two and a half people. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. But uh, we mentioned Pearl Jam is going to be playing, among other acts. Oprah Winfrey will be there, George Clooney, Steven Spielberg. That kind of crowd, you know. It is $12.5 million home. It'll, it'll be quite the little shindig for a people. For a, the, I don't know if there's, like, some sort of um, gravity that can happen from self-satisfied. I mean, you're going to have the most self-satisfied people in America 
in that mm. one spot. Bruce Springsteen will be there. I mean, the, the they are really going to be the crowd of the people that think we are America. We are the important thinkers, doers, artists in this country, and nobody else matters. We're all spectacularly wealthy, but so aware, so woke, that we're able to tell everyone else how they should live their lives, I wonder, I, no matter I, how poor. I'm sure as we get closer to the party more, and after the party, more of the guest list will come out. So far, I haven't heard a single guest name that doesn't make me throw up in my mouth a little. Every mm. single one of them, when I think about uh, you know actually listening to them. I wonder uh, what some of the other musical acts are going to be, because obviously he's got an enormous budget. I mean, little somebody or other and, uh, you know, a bunch of rappers and such. Budget? I would assume they're all playing for free. I would imagine they're just they're just happy to be invited to, to, to play for Barack Obama in his 60th nah. birthday party. Nah, those gigs, you make a lot of money. You Private gigs like that. Wow, yeah. I'd be surprised. I'll bet they play for free. Just a nah. humbling honor to be in his presence. Oh, jeez. Now That's I'm throwing up. It's chain vomiting now. What is that you just threw in there, Michael? Assalamu alaikum. Yeah, it's unfair. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's just saying hello. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, new Gallup poll out finds that more Americans think the pandemic is getting worse than think it is getting better at this point. The numbers had been the other way around, so it's it's flipped around again. Well, like in a week-by-week, on a week-by-week basis it is, but like compared to the height of it, no, it's not at all. And I have a feeling this is going to be a very short-lived wave. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I hope you're right. And again, uh, as a vaccinated person, I have zero concern. I really don't care at all. But they are making me wear a mask here in the building again. Armstrong and Getty.